Hey, good evening, um, and welcome to another night of firsts. Um, I decided we're going to start at seven o'clock with this virtual class. We're going to figure it out as we go. This is my very first time doing this all by myself. Robbie put on the webpage that uh, I had a special guest with me tonight. That's a little bit misleading. My special guest is my wife sitting over there. And while she's tremendous encouragement and moral support, she's not lending a whole lot in the way of technical support. So, but she is kind of watching things. Let me know if you can hear me, by the way. She's trying to tell me that I'm not sure anybody can hear me. Uh, so if you could message, if you could hear me or not, that would be helpful. I'm going to turn my mic up all the way here. Um, but I hope you can hear me. If not, it's going to be pretty boring. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to do this virtually. We are going to try to share some things. I wasn't exactly sure what format to do this in. We're set on Facebook Live, and I'm kind of taking the advice of uh, people who know more about this than me, only because it's a little bit easier for people to access. The bad side is we're not going to be able to do much give and take, and we're not going to be able to uh, verbally interact with each other. I think it's probably might be a little bit tough to Zoom on a Wednesday night group meeting like this. So... For tonight, at least, it's going to be a Facebook Live, and we're still on a bit of a learning curve here, and uh, hopefully it won't uh, won't be something that we can't overcome. But um, before I get started, I'm going to go ahead and have a prayer, and then we'll jump into our study tonight. Father, we're thankful that you know what's going on in the world, and you know what's going on in our lives. We are thankful that you have... Um, promised that you would be with us, and we're asking to be with us this evening uh, as a nation, as a church family, and as individual families. Would you bless us? Would you protect us? And would you keep uh, showing us ways to let our love and our light shine? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we wanted to try to keep making some connections and keep everybody not just informed, but also encouraged as well. And I thought if I'm going to share a message with people, I want it to be good news. And I thought things that I could talk about, that we could talk about, and I've sort of entitled the next couple Wednesday nights, That's What He Said. Because I thought, you know what, times like this, I'd like to hear from Jesus more than anybody else. So we're going to take a look the next couple of Wednesday nights at just some teachings of Jesus. I hope that maybe we do get some special guests in here and maybe some other people actually teaching on Wednesday nights. We've got some other things planned during the week for uh, small groups, and I'll try to mention that before I sign off here. The announcement said it was going to be from 7 to 8. It is not going to be from 7 to 8 tonight. I can't talk for an hour, and I know you can't listen for an hour sitting there listening to me just talk. So I'm going to try to make it uh, as interactive as possible. If you've got comments, if you've got questions, go ahead and type them in the comments. Martha's kind of watching for that, and she's going to try to answer what she can and maybe feed me some information if possible. So go ahead and take advantage of that. But I got to thinking this past week, um, I want to talk this, this evening about kingdom stuff. And 
I've been working in the kingdom for 48 years. I don't think of myself as an old guy necessarily, but, but I'm a pretty old guy. I have been working in the vineyard for 48 years. Some of you have a little bit more time than me. Most of you probably less. But let me tell you some things that were going on in the world when I first started working in the kingdom. When I first started working in the vineyard, Richard Nixon was president. In fact, Watergate hit the year that I became a Christian. The Sears Tower was finished and it became the the tallest building in the world at the time. When I first started working in the vineyard, the Miami Dolphins went undefeated. The last NFL team to do it. The Supreme Court ruled on Roe versus Wade to make abortion illegal, illegal for the first time. That's the year I became a Christian. Uh, Secretariat won the Triple Crown, the year I started working in the vineyard. Average income for people was $13,000 a year. The average cost of a home was $32,000 a year. Price of gas, 40 cents a gallon. I've been working in the vineyard for a long time. Some seasons a little bit more focused and a little more productive than others, but I've been working in the vineyard for a long time. I want to talk to you tonight about working in the vineyard. And I'm going to try to tie this in to what's going on in the world around us. You might have to stay with me to to get that connection, but I want to tie it together. Uh, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 20, by the way. It's a parable that Jesus teaches, and it's going to be familiar to you. It's about workers in the vineyard. Um, It's a difficult teaching. I think it's one of the toughest parables that Jesus taught to really understand. And it's not because it's complicated. In fact, it's incredibly straightforward. It's, it's really, there's not a whole lot of layers to it. But there's something about this parable that erupts us the wrong way. It just doesn't sit right with us. At least it doesn't for me. It hadn't for me in a long time. So I want to take a look at this parable that's found in Matthew 20. But I want you to notice what brackets the parable. Back in chapter 19, I hope you have your Bible, by the way. I don't have any way to project any kind of image. So uh, if you have your Bible, uh, you can follow along. Matthew chapter 19, verse 30 is the verse immediately preceding the parable. But many who are first will be last. And many who are last will be first. And then in chapter 20, verse 16, the verse immediately following the parable. So the last will be first and the first will be last. By the way, it's one of Jesus's favorite sermons. He talks about it all the time. Humble yourself if you want to be exalted. The first will be last. The last will be first. I want to read through this parable. I'm going to stop quite a few times along the way and make some observations. Again, it's a it's a parable that you're going to be familiar with, but it's really hard to kind of buy into on some level. So let's let's read through it. I'm in Matthew chapter 20, the very first verse. For the kingdom of heaven, okay, Jesus is talking about kingdom stuff. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. So a landowner goes out early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning to hire workers to work in his vineyard. Verse two, he agrees to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into the vineyard. So a contract is decided on. A denarius is decided. The landowner says, I'm going to pay you a day's wages if you work a day's work in my vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. Now it's nine o'clock in the morning. 
There's more people in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go out and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever's right. Okay, a little bit of a contrast here. Something different said to the nine o'clock group than was said to the six o'clock group. At the nine o'clock hour, he doesn't make a contract with them. Just, I promise to pay you whatever's right. Verse five, so they went. He went out again about the sixth hour, which would be high noon, and the ninth hour, which would be 3 p.m., did the same thing. About the 11th hour, which would be five o'clock in the evening, he went out and found others still standing around. So the landowner has now made five trips out to the marketplace, out into the public, trying to find people to come work in his vineyard. He asked them, this is the people that he sees at the five o'clock hour, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? They answer in verse seven, because no one has hired us. These people that, that at 5 p.m., the 11th hour, did they want to work? Sounds like it, doesn't it? It sounds like they wanted to work, but no one would hire them. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. It almost appears to me that the landowner is more concerned with the workers than he is the work. Now, there's work to be done for sure. But he seems very concerned about the people that he's trying to convince to go work in his vineyard. Verse 8. The day is through. They've worked all day. When evening came, <clears throat> the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. Okay. The landowner does a very interesting thing. As he's about to give people their pay for the day, he does an interesting thing. And I don't think it's a very smart thing. He wants to pay the people who worked the least amount of time first. They're all going to get the same wage, but he's going to pay the people that showed up in the 11th hour at 5 p.m. He's going to pay them first. Verse 9. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. At this point, everybody's happy. Everybody's excited at this point. If you think about those people that came at the 11th hour, five in the, in the evening, they are over the moon. They've just been paid an entire day's work for one hour. So they're extremely happy. They're the first to get paid. The people who worked at the very beginning of the day, they're thinking, this is great. He just paid those guys that worked one hour a day's wage. What's he going to pay us? Take a look. Verse 9. Verse 10. So when they came, so when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. Hmm. Is that fair? Is that good business? Not just the fact that you're paying the same amount of wages, but you allowed those people who worked all day to see how much the people who worked one hour got paid. And then you paid them the same amount. Verse 11, when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men were hired last, worked only one hour, they said. 
And you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. These people who are hired at six o'clock in the morning, they have what seems to me to be a very legitimate gripe. Wait a minute. You know this isn't fair. You know this isn't right. We have worked 12 hours for you. We have borne the heat of the day. We have worked all day long. And now you're giving us the same amount that you gave those people that only worked one hour. Verse 13, but he answered one of them, friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? The landowner is saying, it's absolutely fair because we had a contract together, didn't we? We had an agreement, didn't we? I told you at the very beginning, if you work in my vineyard, you'll get a reward. And I told you exactly what the reward was. It's absolutely fair. Verse 14, take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the landowner is basically saying, I make the rules. It's my vineyard. It's my money. I can decide to do what I want to do with my own business and with my own money. If I want to pay the people who only worked an hour the same as you, that's my business because I've kept my word to you. I've given you exactly what I told you I would. And then he says in verse 16, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Okay, a couple questions as we think about this parable. A couple questions and then one observation. And really that's all I have tonight is one observation. Uh, One thing that sort of occurred to me that changed the way I looked at this parable. But first, a couple questions. We're talking about kingdom stuff. What's Jesus trying to tell us in this parable? Again, it's kingdom issues. But what's Jesus trying to tell us here? Because I am convinced, and you hear me say this all the time, but I'm really convinced that when I stumble on a passage in Scripture, when I hear something read from from God's word, I really am convinced that God wants me to hear that that day. And God wants me to hear that message in, in this that, that part of my life and that day in my life. And I think there's a reason that God wanted me to, to share this with you. I think there's a reason he wanted me to read it. And I think there's a reason that he wanted us to think about it tonight. So what is Jesus trying to tell us in this parable? Because He's not just teaching for information, right? He's teaching for transformation. Second question, what's not fair in this parable? What's Jesus saying here that's not fair? And I know that's kind of a trick question because we've already read that the landowner says, I'm being completely fair. So we know that it's fair. But it sure seems unfair, doesn't it? And we say, well, they should have known. That's the landowner's right. But you think about your own life. If you were hired to do a job and you worked 12 hours, that is a long day. If you worked outside for 12 hours, hard labor, then someone else wandered in for one hour and they got paid exactly the same as you got paid. You know, I want to be Christ-like and I want to be gracious, but I would be thinking, that's not right. That's not fair. So the third question that I want you to sort of just think about is, What is fair in this parable? 
What's fair about what Jesus is teaching here? Now, these difficult times have sort of also prompted me to look at this parable a little bit differently. You know, because really the question that I kind of landed on as I was going through this, this teaching is, who are the ones who are really blessed in this parable? Who are the lucky ones in this parable? Who are the ones who are able to say, wow, at the end of the day, that was great. That was awesome. And I'm asking that because my whole life, I always thought it was those guys who showed up at five o'clock. I always thought those guys who came at the 11th hour, those guys who came at the very last minute and just did a little bit of work and still got the full wage, they were the ones who were really blessed. They were the ones who kind of worked the system. They had it figured out. Wow, they were the lucky ones. They were the blessed ones. But I've been challenged to, to rethink that interpretation of that parable. Let me make some comparisons. Um, and then I'll kind of leave it with you. Just some comparisons between the people who were hired at the very beginning, six o'clock in the morning, and the people who were hired at the very end of the day, five o'clock in the evening. Like I said, I always thought it was those five o'clock people who really worked it just right. But I don't think that's true. In fact, I don't think that's true at all. Those people that were hired at the beginning of the day, those people hired at 6 a.m., think about this. Not one time during that entire day did they have to worry, hmm, how am I going to feed my family today? They never worried about that for a second. They never had to worry. They never had to wonder, how am I going to pay my bills today? How am I going to survive? They never thought about that because they had a job and they were promised payment. They never, for any time during those 12 hours, had to go from uh, marketplace to street corner to, you know, a parking lot looking for somebody to hire. Won't somebody hire me? I need to work. My family needs food. Won't somebody hire me? They never once thought about that. The entire day, for 12 hours, they knew, I've got security. Yeah, there's work being done, and I'm working, but there's a payday coming up. And I'm going to be rewarded for what I'm doing. And they never had to worry about all the insecurities and all the fears. For 12 hours, there was peace in their life. There was work to be done, but there was peace in their life. There was an assurance of the future. They were promised something. Now, compare that to those five o'clock people, those people who showed up at the 11th hour, who I always thought they were the lucky ones. They were the ones who were so blessed. But think about this. For 11 hours during the day, they had no idea where their next paycheck was coming from. For 11 hours, they were scared to death that they weren't going to be able to provide for their family. For 11 hours, because the parable said they were they wanted to work. They were looking for work. They were waiting for somebody to give them work. For almost the entire day, they had to walk, walk around searching for somebody to hire them. They weren't lazy. They just couldn't find work. Now, some of you I know know what it's like to be unemployed. 
And I've got a feeling a whole lot more people are going to find out what it's like to be unemployed during these very difficult days. And we can all agree to the fact that it's not just frustrating. And it's not just disappointing. It's terrifying. It is terrifying to have that feeling of insecurity. To have that feeling of I can't provide. To have that feeling of I have no idea what's going to happen next. To feel like you are so out of control. Or not in control, I guess. I don't have any control over what's going on. Now, those people that worked from 6 a.m., hey, if I do what's expected of me, I know what's going to happen. These people that joined at 11, 11th hour at 5 p.m., um, man, they spent the whole day living with pressure and fear and anxiety and, and self-esteem issues. They spent the entire day, all but one hour of the day, with, with that kind of stress. Now, let's make a spiritual application here. And you know where I'm headed. What are the blessings for those who are in the process of putting in a full day's work in the vineyard? And by the way, I know my audience, okay? (laughs) I can't see you, but I know my audience. Um, I, I know who you are. You are the Wednesday night people. You're the ones who I'll... I'll log into Facebook Live because I just love to hear God's word and I love to hear be connected to my church family. Um, we're the lifers, right? Uh, we've been working in the kingdom for a long time. Now, some of you might not be lifers. Some of you might be kind of new to this whole thing. God bless you. Man, we're glad you're here. But I got a feeling most of the people who I'm talking to right now, we're the 6 a.m. guys. We've been in the kingdom for a long time. What are the blessings of being hard at work in the kingdom for a long time. Obviously, tremendous peace. There is tremendous peace knowing that I've got a job. I've got work to do. And I've got a contract. I I have an agreement with God. God made a promise to me. God's going to keep his end of the promise. And if I keep my end of the promise... There's this tremendous payday waiting for me. And I don't have to worry about the things that so many people worry about. And I put my head on my pillow at night. God's in control. I don't know what's going to happen next. But God made a promise to me that if I'm walking in the light and if I'm working in the vineyard, if I'm, if I'm living in the will of God, he's going to take care of me. He's going to reward me. I don't have to know exactly what happens on the next step. Because I know God's in control. I know there's a payday promised. You know, the, God, the contract that, that God's made with me, you know, it's guaranteed. And it's not just the home in heaven. I'm telling you, it's not. At the end of the parable, everybody receives the same payment. Um, everyone's blessed the same. But I'm so convinced the earlier you begin work in the kingdom, the harder you work in the vineyard, the more at peace you're going to be and a whole lot less angst that you're going to have to deal with. As I mentioned, there's different seasons that we go through and sometimes we seem to be a little more focused and a little more fruitful than others. But to work in the kingdom is such a blessing. It's not even so much a responsibility. To do God's work, wow, what a blessing. To be able to tell people about Jesus. To be able to offer the same kind of peace in times like these, 
Who's going to get sick? Am I going to get sick? You know, we're all anxious. I wish I could sit there and say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. I don't have any fear. I'm anxious too. I'm anxious for my dad who's 90 years old. I'm anxious for my mother-in-law who's 95 years old. I'm, I'm in that uh, older category now. I'm a little bit anxious for myself. Oh, yeah, I'm anxious as well. But I'm also at peace. I got to tell you, I'm at peace with this whole thing. I'm going to do the wise thing to do. I'm going to listen to people who know more about health issues than I do. I'm going to listen to people who God has, has uh, put into place to make hard decisions. And I'm going to do everything I can to, to do the right thing. And that's all I can do. Uh, I'm at peace. Um, I'm going to try to social distance. And I think we're doing the right thing by doing this on a Wednesday night. But God made a promise to me. And I don't have to worry about being in control. I just have to worry about being a child of his and keep working in the vineyard and keep working for, for the kingdom. Keep telling people about Jesus. Keep letting my light shine. That's, that's how I read this parable now. I think those people that started at six and nine o'clock, being able to spend that whole day so blessed. I get it. I get it, and I appreciate it. And I think maybe that's some of what Jesus was trying to tell us as well, the blessings that come. So that's my thought for tonight. Um, nothing real deep, nothing real heavy, but it was a good excuse for us all to get together and open up God's word and talk about things that Jesus talked about. I want to end with a prayer, and then I'm going to ask you to stay with me just a little bit as. Um, I make just a couple observations and some announcement kind of things. Father, what a blessing to know that you are right here right now. And we're scattered all over the county. We might be scattered all over the state. I don't know. But you are right here with us. And we're thankful, Father, for the contract that you made. And we're thankful for your faithfulness and your promises. And we're thankful for the work that you gave us to do. Uh, the good work that you gave us to do. And I pray, Father, that even in difficult times and even in anxious times, that we would be kingdom-focused people, that we would see the opportunities that are springing up all over your vineyard right now to, to just to, to be people of Jesus and to make Jesus look good because he's blessed us in so many ways. So we thank you uh, for Jesus and the things that he said, the life that he lived and the death that he died and the fact that He's now King Jesus, sitting at your right hand. And Father, I pray as we go forward, as we think about this uh, virus, that you would be with those people who are dealing with it on the front lines. I pray that you would be with those caregivers and those health professionals. I pray that you'd be with those uh, scientists who are working uh, day and night to come up with a cure or a vaccine. There's a lot of people who, uh, who are working, and I think they're doing your work as well. And, of course, we're asking you to step in and do what only you can do. Um, but help us to have some peace through all this. Help us to know that as children of yours, uh, you're in control and we're not. Uh, bless us as we go through the rest of this week. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. I want to, before I uh, sign off here, Martha, is there anything that anybody typed in or anything that I kind of need to be aware of? 
like we couldn't hear a word you said or anything like that? Bless Gail Armstrong's heart. She's tried to listen and never got to. So. <laughs> Bless Gail Armstrong's heart. Tried for the last time, however many, times, however many, 30 <laughs> minutes, and wasn't able to hear a word I said. Just know this, Gail, it was awesome. It was awesome. But uh, no, I'm sorry. I've got to tell you, I've spent all day today sitting at my computer making sure this is going to work and then trying to get a Zoom class ready for a Zoom meeting for a small group. Um, so um, I feel your pain. Uh, all of a you lot who of are comments that you'll read later. Okay, all of you who are um, frustrated at your computer right now, I have felt your pain all day. Hey, let me tell you a couple of things that are, that are coming up. Um, be sure and keep checking on um, vital concern. Uh, it's really a good way and an important way right now to be sharing prayer requests. Uh, we're talking about some ways to set up some other ways to share prayer requests, whether it's through social media or whatever and get some people committed to doing uh, some specific uh, praying during this time for people. So check Vital Concern. Check the Bay Area uh, Facebook pages, both the public page and the private page. If you're a Bay Area member and you're not part of the BACC members, um, you can ask to join that group, and we'll make that happen. Uh, I want to remind you that Sunday service is, again, going to be a live stream event. Um, last week, I know that I forgot to turn my mic on at the very beginning, so a lot of the things that I explained never got heard. A lot of our equipment did not come in for live streaming. We found out that every other church in America is scrambling to get live streaming up right now. So a couple important components of our live stream didn't show up, which means we couldn't put the words of the songs up. Uh, we couldn't switch camera angles. We couldn't put verses up, things like that. Uh, we were tethered to about a six-foot uh, cord there at the back of the auditorium. Um, if one more piece comes in this week, we'll have that all set and ready to go a little more permanently on Sunday. If not, we'll just do the same thing we did uh, 10 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, I want to remind you, be sure and be praying for our church family. Um, if you know of anybody in in, in particular, especially maybe some of our more vulnerable members that might need a phone call or an encouragement. Maybe you could put that in the comments and we can see about uh, kind of reaching out to people uh, specifically that might be struggling, might just be lonely. Now, being, being isolated is a tough uh, thing. Remind them of the Bay Area Kids Facebook page. Angie is uh, telling us to remind you of the Bay Area Kids page. Um, watch that often. We hope in the next day or two there's going to be an announcement that Angie has just had a Bay Area kid. Uh, I know she's uh, just and any day Matt now. Posted the site. But, um, and Matt posted the site for uh, the, the Bay Facebook Area Kids group. Facebook groups. Okay, very good. Yeah, you can read that stuff as easy as I can. Again, thanks so much for sharing uh, your evening with me and all the grace um, that you're giving me. I apologize for doing so many things wrong in, in this uh, format. But uh, again, I'm asking for a lot of grace. So Bert said to pray for that one piece to come in. Bert said we're going to pray for that one piece to come in. But we're, you know what? God's in control. Um, 
and he's going to bless us. He's going to bless our efforts, and he's going to multiply uh, our efforts. Can we extend this access to other people to try to reach out and get them involved during this time? Yes, we will try. And I don't know how to do that, but we'll get some people to do that can extend uh, the access, like Orlando suggested. Um, you know, this is a whole new big door, big world that um, that a lot of us are brand new to. And so... Like I said, we're trying to catch you up. So be patient with us, but also help us in this. I need all the help I can get. Listen, have a great rest of the evening. Um, God bless you.